the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, maybe a good way to start today's show is with a question. Uh, my name's Ben, and I'd like to know, uh, what's one of the weirdest jobs you ever had? Uh, my name's Noel. I don't have ever had like, a weird, super weird job. I worked at Burger King once. That was kind of weird. Um, no, how about you, Ben? You had some weird ones, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I'm trying to think because they seemed, they seemed sort of normal at the time. I had a lot of strange writing gigs. Mm. Uh, I got hired to write horoscopes one time because I told the, uh, editor that I, I didn't believe in horoscopes because I wanted to write features. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 you know, freelance, the world of freelance work. Uh, in in any kind of gig economy always seems to lead to some pretty surreal stuff. Like this is something uh, you might know as well, super producer Casey Pegram. I'm racking my brain for weird jobs. My weird jobs were just like fixing the computer of the old eccentric man up the street or something. It was pretty, pretty mild in the grand scheme of things. You know, I, I, on those, uh, on, on that tip, Casey, uh, I did once have to go to the actor Kevin Pollock's house to teach him how to use Dropbox. There so you I go. I remember say, you telling me that I would story. Say that was maybe, uh, it was delightful. He, he, he got us bagels um, and was a really lovely dude. But uh, that was definitely one of the weirdest one-off little, okay, you're going to go to Kevin Pollock's house and you're going to teach him how to use Dropbox. And these experiences are fun stories. They're kind of a currency of conversation we can exchange with each other later. Uh, it's something that a lot of people are probably encountering now because the pandemic has thrown everything for a loop and people are looking for new 
lines of employment or new streams of income, even if they already have a job or two. But we wanted to take a look at another uh, very strange job. Today's episode is about that time that human beings were alarm clocks in the UK. And and Casey, you know, uh, we we know that you boycotted the previous two episodes we did uh part of it what was it Noel? was was it, were they just too british was that it oh gosh ben i i can't keep track of all of casey's particularities when it comes to things that he will not uh cover or touch with a 10 foot pole so it's hard to it's hard to keep track but it was definitely something to do with them being british i think it has to be if you guys have to ask You'll never know. Oh, yeah, wow. Exactly. Oh. exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's cold. Casey on the case, <laughs> bringing down the hammer of justice <laughs> on, on the ridiculous historians uh, at this at this early morning session. Yeah, Casey on the cold case. Jeez. Well, uh, to make it up to you, Casey, we have uh, unapologetically doubled down on things that we consider both weird and British. That's uh, how we do <laughs> That's how we do it. I respect it. So, so picture this, Noel. Uh, the industrial era, right? Mm-hmm. It, it booms, but it Revolution, boom- even. Industrial revolution. Yes. Much better phrasing. Uh, it, it booms, uh, but it booms kind of before alarm clocks, right? Yeah, I mean, alarm clocks were a thing, but it would have been considered like a luxury item. Um, and maybe, I don't know, there might have even been like distrust in the technology, which is sort of hilarious to say and to think about the idea of an alarm clock as being technology. Uh, but that there there it was. And, you know, e- either a combination of, of people not trusting them to go off properly or people not being able to afford them. And this new kind of uh, ushering in of shift work, you know, it used to be like there were no labor laws and people would just work from sun up to sundown. And now there was a little bit more of oversight of that, you know, with the coming of the uh, Industrial Revolution. Um, and, you know, the idea of some semblance of workers' rights. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's a bit of a joke when you really dig into it. We're going to get into some of that here too. But yeah, so there'd be like the morning shift or the, the the night shift and what have you. And for the morning, and so people were getting up at different times. It was no longer like a when the cock crowed situation, everyone got up. And especially, of course, in cities and industrial, you know, parts of, of, uh, of London. This is what we're talking about in today's episode. So they had to have like a kind of an elegant solution, or at least like a, a sort of a blunt instrument solution that involved, um, introducing human beings into the place of what an alarm clock would do for us today. And this is an interesting term because this has got a diff- much different connotation mm-hmm. in American slang. The idea of, uh, Knocking someone up in American uh, parlance is much, much different than the idea of knocking someone up in this uh, Industrial Revolution era England. We think of it, of course, as kind of a crass way of talking about getting somebody pregnant. Uh, In this uh, context, a knocker upper was just as, as you said, Ben, a human alarm clock that was hired for a, a meager wage to go around and knock up uh, sometimes more than a hundred people uh, in a morning to make sure that they made it to the factory on time. Yeah, that's right. Because the rules had changed. The agricultural lifestyle that very closely follows the sun as a measure of time didn't apply to factories where work on something, any manufacturing interest began on the dot. And your mining shift, to your point, began 
on the dot. There was no such thing as show up at six-ish. In fact, uh, some of the more unscrupulous factory owners would close their, well, they would open at like 6 a.m., they would close at 6.01, and they would lock the doors until 6.30, and then they would let the other people, the other employees in after making sure their pay was docked, and they already weren't making much money. So it became extremely important to get up on time notably before the sun rose for a lot of a lot of these folks and like you said alarm clocks existed but not only were they expensive they were also pretty unreliable right you and you would lose your job if you're if you like imagine saving for years to buy an alarm clock and then the alarm clock doesn't work and you have lost your job that's where these knocker uppers come in they were in ireland they were in britain uh, they would go from door to door or window to window, as you said, sometimes hundreds of times each morning. And they would use like this bamboo rod or they would mm-hmm. they would literally kind of like blow dart peas at the windows. So like a beep, beep, beep. That's 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 the best one. That's the most <laughs> innovative solution. And and really quickly too, like the things that you're describing, Ben, were, were sort of the the next gen of this uh, this this uh, knocker upper kind of uh, gear. Initially, they would just bang on people's doors, right. which pissed off literally everybody else in the house. Or if it was a you know a group living situation, it would wake everybody up for Ooh. that one or two people that needed to get up at, you know, the, the crack of dawn to make it to their 6 a.m. shift. Uh, really quickly, I want to just backtrack. And I, I, I said something a little bit stupid <laughs> at the top of the show, the idea of labor laws during the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. That obviously didn't become a thing till later in the Industrial Revolution Ooh. when it was basically demanded because working conditions were so abhorrent and there was there were no child labor laws and children were working in factories and looms and you know, uh, subjected to horrible conditions and very dangerous conditions. And so it wasn't until labor unions began mm. to form a bit later in the Industrial Revolution that uh, labor laws became much more codified. But at the same time, still the idea of shift work was in and of itself kind of an interesting advancement, at least uh, theoretically, in like the way people you know, worked and, and the idea of like punching in a time clock and all of that stuff. That was all pretty new. Yeah. And then, you know, you may be thinking about households where there are multiple people with multiple jobs. Uh, Remember, a lot of those folks are already working or they themselves are sleeping in preparation for whenever their shift is in the factory. So they don't have someone in the house to wake them up. A lot of these folks, when they started out, uh, were already older people who may have left the workforce uh, proper. And like you had mentioned, the first iteration of these folks, they would bang on the door and they often would not leave until they were sure the person they were trying to wake up was awake. Now, I don't know if you guys have any hard sleepers in your family or your friend circle, but you know, it can be a struggle if like if someone is a hard sleeper, even if they have sworn up and down to you that they will do their best to wake up when you wake them up. Uh, you know that you become enemy number one when you do that. Hey, hey, it's 8.30. That's right. That's actually a really good way of, uh, I love the gentleness of your wake up uh, routine there, Ben, because with my daughter, if I don't do it in the sweetest, gentlest way, she is an absolute nightmare. Like I have to just be (laughs) like, hey, honey, 
Time to get up. Gonna be a wonderful day. I love you so much. Here's a little back scratch, you know. But sometimes I'm just not in the mood and she's just not like cooperating. I'm just like, okay, homie, it's time to get up. You got school in 30 minutes. Do it. And then she hates me for the rest of the day. But uh, we were talking about this off mic, Ben uh, Mm. and Casey. I'm interested in in what your thoughts are here. Uh, Obviously, when you're the person responsible the key word being responsible for waking somebody up. That's a lot of uh, commitment there. I mean, you you are essentially signing a contract with that person saying, I will make sure you are awake. Uh, but what happens if they fail? Do you think they just didn't get paid? I mean, well, I, like it seems like an awful lot of pressure uh, if someone is like going to you know say, yeah, yeah, I'm up. And they go back to sleep. Could they like then turn around and say the knocker up or didn't knock me up properly? You know, like, how's that work? Yeah. Doom, 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 doom. That's mm-hmm. pressure, you know? Uh, like, you've ruined my life, Seamus McShannessy. <laughs> I'll never work at the cobbler, <laughs> at the exactly. pepper factory again. <laughs> exactly. But then, but at the same time, they, you know, it, it, to make any money at all doing this required a lot of volume. So it's not like they could just hang around and make sure old Mrs. O'Grady, or I guess not old Mrs. O'Grady, young Mrs. O'Grady was getting up in time to go to her job at the, at the shoe factory. Like, uh, because they would have to like, you know, they had a narrow window. Right. To get all this done. I can't imagine how they would have done a hundred. You know, they must have started like really, really early, like at three or four in the morning, right? Yeah, they probably started really early and they probably started in densely populated mm. neighborhoods. There you go. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's strange. The demographic of knocker uppers includes, you know, many, as we said, uh, more elderly women and men, but also members of law enforcement because they were they were already patrolling the streets, so mm-hmm. why not make a couple extra pence, right? This trend took off, by the way. This was an exploding industry, and it even started affecting other industries in surprising ways. Gabe, our uh, research guru, found this story I thought was really interesting about a moonlighting member of the police who started screwing up his day job in the worst possible way because he was he was busy knocking people up uh mm-hmm. and being from the u.s i'm always going to find that phrase hilarious but uh, oh it's it's you're going to get some giggles out of me on that one too yeah i mean in a pretty spectacular way right mm-hmm. um Another big hallmark of kind of that, you know, really grimy, seedy industrial revolution era London was the story of Jack the Ripper and all of these grisly murders that were plaguing East London. Um, And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Robert Paul uh, who was the man who discovered Jack the Ripper's first victim, a woman first named Mary victim. Nichols, right? Um, <laughs> he uh, tells a tale about how he actually reported the crime to a policeman, but the policeman was so busy doing his like pre-dawn knocking up duties that he didn't really act, uh, and he maybe could have uh, caught the killer if he had been a little more quick on the draw, but he was so busy doing his knocking up that he mm-hmm. kind of goofed right then yeah yeah like imagine so we talk we know that moonlighting is a thing i was trying to think of a modern example of this what if you were in the position of robert paul and you find a horrifically mutilated corpse and then you run to uh the nearest human activity you can find and it's like road construction and there's a moonlighting police officer as a crossing guard or supervising the construction or they could be uh moonlighting as security at a restaurant or a bar and you tell them i found this mutilated body and they say "Mm, i'm busy (laughs) that's what happens and that's that's terrible uh but that just shows you how prevalent this was this was a real job And you're right, I did get a little ahead of us when I was talking about the glory days of knocker uppers, because, yeah, originally it was someone who would come in and just like bang on your door, get up, get up, get up. You have to go to the, um, yeah, you have to go to the peruke factory, the perucatorium. Ben, I I, I would never wear a mass produced peruke, my friend. It's a handmade only for me. Right, right. Well, they all become unique once you grow your own ecosystem of life. That's very true. (laughs) And so when they had to move volume, uh, they had to wake people up as quickly as possible, right? They couldn't wait around for everyone. And they also couldn't go into a house, climb up to the second or third story 
and knock on that door, right? So how how did they navigate this? Yeah, I mean, there was this this these folks had to be pretty enterprising because it was literally a, a, a profession that kind of sprang up overnight, more or less, um, because the need was there and it hadn't been before. And you're right, Ben. It started off a little more rudimentary uh, with just the the banging and that woke everybody in the house up, et cetera. Um, so they had to be able to be a little more selective with their banging, <laughs> selective banging. Uh, and they would take these bamboo rods that had little kind of scraper finger type things on the end, and they would gently rap, tap, tap on the exact window of the bedroom of the person that they were trying to knock up. Um, and that required some, you know, some knowledge, like, cause if they were getting a lot of these in, they had to know which window belonged to whom and who was actually paying them, mm-hmm. uh, in order to collect their, their sixpence uh, a week, I believe is roughly what the going rate was for a knocker upper. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there were a couple of different uh i guess you could say evolutions of this like there was a version of it that had a little rubber cap attached to the end of the bamboo pole so it would muffle the sound so only the person directly near the window would would technically be able to hear it and uh, they would i've heard some reports saying they would wait until the person would come to the window not just uh-huh. not just they would need some confirmation otherwise again they might not get paid if the person claimed that they didn't hear it or it didn't happen, then they might not get paid. So they wanted some confirmation because this was absolutely a transactional Ooh. situation. They didn't want anybody to get woken up for free after all, right? Right. That's why they had to stop banging because look, it's like stealing your neighbor's cable, right? If you're waking up when your neighbor is roused by the knocking service they've paid for. So they got the little rubber caps. Typically, there would be something like you described, like a bamboo or other uh, lightweight wooden stick kind of a think of a fishing rod but then people also use these soft hammers or rattles i love a who doesn't love a maraca in the pre-dawn morning you know what i mean totally (laughs) and then uh and then let's see there were also snuffer outers those were the Mm -hmm. things that people used to put out gas lamps uh when when dawn came they would extinguish the gas lamps by hand so if that's already your job why not make a couple extra pence by knocking that bad boy on a window and then we we come to i think the coolest part right the can we just we can just say her name and introduce Marianne Smith the uh <laughs> the famous London East End pea shooter which is a That's title right. Oh gosh, you make it sound like she was like some sort of like serial killer. <laughs> just a really obnoxious uh person. Like like notoriously obnoxious. She would just pelt you with peas from a distance. She never actually killed anybody, but she just, you know, was a a serial nuisance. No, she was actually very effective in her job uh because she uh like we alluded to earlier in the show, um kind of took this to the next level by making sort of like a almost like a flute or really just like a kind of like a hollowed out kind of tube situation. Um, and she would load it up with literally little peas. Um, and she could, uh, be very efficient and required a lot of aim, uh, and a lot of, uh, lung power to keep this up. But it's definitely one of the more innovative, uh, examples of, of knocking up that we've come across. There are a few, uh, really interesting photos of knocker uppers that have kind of stood the test of history. And, uh, you can catch some of these on vintage news daily, uh, if you search for um, before there were alarm clocks, knocker ups were paid to wake up their clients by knocking. Um, and there's a picture of, of this woman with her pea shooter. And it's a, a delightful image. Uh, definitely would have required a lot more precision than, than just an old like, you know, <laughs> bamboo rod. I got you got to appreciate the flex there. Mm-hmm. And they become a piece of popular culture. There is a children's book about Mary Ann Smith 
called Mary Smith. And it's the, the plot is essentially her walking around, waking up the town. Everybody from the guys who sell fish in the market to the mayor. Uh, and she is offering people a cup of tea as well, which is a nice touch, but it's it's a children's book. Your description, Noel, of someone being an obnoxious, like, serial criminal rem- <laughs> yes. r- reminds me of the story of uh, the not one, but two whipping toms that were in England in the 1600s and then later in the 1700s. The first one was uh, active in Fleet Street, The Strand, and Holborn. This is silly now, but I'm sure it was very frightening and unpleasant experience for many people. He would wait until he saw an unaccompanied woman, and then he would like grab her uh, and then slap her on the butt and then run away yelling, Spanko? Spanko. S-P-A-N-K-O. Wow. That was his whole thing. He had a catchphrase. He had a catchphrase, and he was a serious threat. I I I think nowadays they would probably call that sexual assault, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, that's rough. That's why we we shouldn't do an episode on it, but we're saying there were real characters uh, and individuals like this fanciful version of Marianne Smith we're describing. And, you know, Marianne Smith, thankfully, wasn't a, a criminal in real life. And her job was not easy. Knocker uppers did not have an easy line of work. No, and this is sort of something we we were uh, beating around the bush at a little bit. But it's sort of like, where does the responsibility lie? You know, when you when you sign up to do this job, uh, how far do you go <laughs> to make sure that someone's awake? Uh, probably as far as you need to go to ensure that you're going to get your uh, your pay. Um, but there was a, a really well known knocker up. I, I, lo- I love it. The, the the term is sort of interchangeable uh, between someone being a knocker up or a knocker upper. Uh, and I, I like them both, but, um, Mrs. Waters was her name. Uh, and in this great Atlas Obscura article, there's a quote from her describing a surly or hot tempered fellow who would growl or knock things about as he came to the window to reply. Cause again, you wanted that like, you know, confirmation, like, uh, and then you could move on. Um, and his responding rap would sound as peevish as possible um and then you know she also on the flip side of that talked about some of the nicer folks that she knocked up never gonna stop laughing at that uh you could hear from his very tread that he was grateful even and his reply tap sounded quite musical and when he spoke and bade you good morning it was really encouraging yeah yeah and so it's a case-by-case thing it's still it's customer service that's what this job is Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another obstacle knocker-uppers would run into was keeping track of the client's specifications, their addresses, the times they needed to be woken up. Some knocker-uppers would use chalk and write the time outside each client's house. Others with a bit more of uh with a bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit would make signs outside of each client's house. Kind of like the signs you'll see for alarm companies mm-hmm. that, uh, that are mostly advertisements. These signs would include the time the client needed to be uh, knocked up <laughs> and also, pardon my beavers and butthead laugh there, and also they would advertise the knocker up business. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they would have to like make sure that all their customers were kind of in a small geographical area so that they could minimize the time they wasted walking. This meant right. that there was a, like a secondary trade of knocker uppers uh, giving each other clients. Yeah, but you got to imagine, too, that there had to have been some competition or at least uh, rivalries. I would love to hear a story about rival knocker-uppers encroaching on each other's territory and, and like, going to war in the streets with their pea shooters and uh, and bamboo rods. That, that'd be a fun little sketch at the very least, right? Um, and this this profession, as much as it was, it was definitely news to me, and I, and I believe to you as well, it does appear in 
pop culture uh, here and there in literature and poetry. Mm. And it was, you know, a popular and uh, ubiquitous enough profession that it made its way into, into places like Charles Dickens. But uh, there's this fantastic tongue twister. Oh, this is my favorite of, of one. The time. Yeah. Why don't you do it, Ben? This is, this is, this is so in your wheelhouse. I would, I would love for you to do the honors. Why don't we both do it and see how fast we can do it? Okay, yeah, okay, we can do it as a competition. But this 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 uh, answers the question. Well, wait a minute. If these knocker uppers, if there were no alarm clocks, and they people literally had to pay someone to wake them up for an early morning job, who woke up the person that woke them up? <laughs> who knocked up the knocker up? Uh, well, you want to go first, Ben? Uh, yeah, let's give it a go. We had a knocker up, and our knocker up had a knocker up, and our knocker ups knocker up didn't knock our knocker up, so our knocker up didn't knock us up because he's not up. Very well done, Ben. I'm give I it think a go. we should do it more slowly, actually, because it's easier to follow. We had a knocker up, and our knocker up had a knocker up, and our knocker ups knocker up didn't knock our. Oh boy, ha <laughs> ha! Not even gonna do a redo on that. Let me just backtrack. And our knocker ups knocker up didn't knock our knocker up, so our knocker up didn't knock us up. Because he's not up. <laughs> it reminds me of, you know, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Or my favorite uh, version of it, how many lows would Rob Lowe rob if Rob Lowe robbed lows? That's good. Never heard that one before, but that's sort of like a uh, a more modern spin on the old, uh, on this 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 uh, style of tongue twister. Um but this is a serious question. I mean, maybe not serious, but one that I had, you know, who who's waking up the, the waker uppers. Uh, and the answer to that is they were more like night shift types. Mm -hmm. So they uh, slept during the day. They basically hadn't gone to sleep yet. They would probably get off from their night shifts at another job and then just stay up into the wee hours and then literally the early morning and then go to sleep in time for their next day's night shift. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that's that that definitely goes for the people who are younger in the in the knocker upper game. But I was thinking about the elderly folks who formed a large demographic. There's something to be said for the avuncular nature or the grandparent like aspect of an older person gently waking you up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, if we see this in these contemporary accounts, there's one from Newcastle. In 1922, a work called Hadrian's Wall by Jesse Mothersoul, and she describes it thusly, turning to the left along Shields Road, I was amused to see an old woman in a dirty apron and gray shawl going round, knocking at much becurtained windows on the ground floor with a small hammer. Lizzie, it's well nigh six o'clock. Mary, it's time ye riz, and so on, at house after house. It was my first sight of a knocker up. So it's kind of like, it reminds me of, have you guys ever, I, we used to just peek behind the curtain, folks. I, all of us used to have to travel all the time before the pandemic hit. And I started using the um, the wake up service in addition to an alarm clock. Sure. It's very much the same, you know? Yeah. There, it is nice to have that human touch, though. It makes you feel looked after. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, someone cared enough to call and wake me up, even though it's like literally their job. Uh, I think we buried the lead there a little bit, Ben. There's some really great uh, English slang there. I believe you said, Mary, it's time ye riz, R-I-Z. Yeah, right. Love that. Yeah. Maybe that's where the Rizza got his name. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he, when he was starting Wu-Tang, he said, we all know what's essential what hip hop really needs right now is a resurrection of early 1900s British slang. 
<laughs> so, so take that and run with it. Tell us uh, what JIZA stands for, or what, what that what slang that is a, a, a reference to. Uh, we we have these different accounts, like you said. They were found in popular culture. They appeared in Dickens and children's books and correspondence of the time. The practice, you would imagine, eventually disappeared as alarm clocks became more reliable and more affordable. But when did it go away? This is interesting. We know that it died out in many, many places by, say, the 1940s, 1950s, uh, post-World War II. But the weirdest part is it didn't completely die out for a very long time. Oh, man. I mean, the Brits are huge fans of tradition. It's something that I think is as a real it almost takes on like a uh, a part of their cultural identity. So it's hard for them to let stuff like that go. And so as late as the 1970s, you would still see uh, some little areas of industrial England continuing to practice uh, knocking up. And uh, even after it completely went away. I mean, it, it, it certainly lived on in things like, like you said, in Dickens and these nursery rhymes and folk songs. Uh, and this lyric in particular by the Manchester folk singer, uh, Mike Canavan, which I think is, is delightful, really sums up the whole thing. Uh, Through cobbled streets, cold and damp, the knocker upper man is creeping, tap tapping on each window pane to keep the world from sleeping actually has a little bit of a creepy vibe to it uh, now that I'm thinking about it. The, the knocker upper man is creeping. That's a little bit terrifying. Don't sleep. And that's where our story ends today. The rise and the fall of the knocker upper industry. How did getting knocked up come to be U.S. slang referring to impregnation? That's a story for another day. Uh, but I think I think this is still instructive for us here in 2020 because just like back then, a lot of people have a hard time getting up today. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I move mountains to try to not schedule a meeting before like 9:30. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Oh, man. Huge thanks to super producer Casey Pegram. As always, Alex Williams, who composed our theme, Christopher Hasiotis, our main man here in spirit. <laughs> Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. the Quizster, who himself, by the way, is very much a morning person. And of course, as always, uh, thanks to the Queen of England. Uh, thanks to Freddie Mercury for our under pressure reference. I don't think we did enough of it to get sued or have to pay anyone. And uh, I got to say- No, nah, you, were, you, were, you were doing the vanilla ice version I was anyway. Vanilla ice so, yeah. yeah, 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 I was. Uh, and most importantly, Casey, I want to thank you for that amazing shirt you're wearing. It's been very hard not to give you a compliment on that this entire time we've been recording. Why, thank you. I, I think we should just leave it to theater of the mind mm -hmm. and not describe the shirt so that people can just invent their own kind of uh, platonic ideal of a great shirt in their heads. What a shirt. <laughs> what a shirt. Describe this shirt using your theater of the mind and tell us about it on the internet. We're on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter. Yes, uh, we're Ridiculous History in all those places. You can also find Ben and I uh, as human beings um, doing our human being things uh, on I am exclusively on Instagram at How Now Noel Brown. 
And you can find me on Twitter where I'm at Ben Bullen HSW, or you can find me on Instagram, should you so desire, where I am at Ben Bullen. Uh, oh, man, how, how do we segue to an ending? Usually we just have some sort of banter and, and you say, well, well, you'll say the line. You did it, Ben. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills, into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.